Uh, morning, everybody. Yes, we're back to the book of Judges. We've been following this series. And today we're going to look at the birth of Samson. And if we look at the first, it's chapter 13 in the book of Judges. If we look at the first verse, it will look very familiar because the verses or the uh, Judges all seem to start in the same way. And Judges 13.1 says, Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. And when we see that, we think, well, here we go again. It's the same old story. And these very words, here we go again, have also been said several times over the preceding weeks. You think, will they ever learn? Well, Samson is the last judge, so maybe things will be different because we've got the kings to come. But, well, we don't get our hopes up too high because there's good and bad there as well. Um, when asked to speak about Samson, I thought, well, that's an exciting story one which I've known since childhood, as may, most of us probably have, and lots of people do know about it. And uh, then I read chapter 13 and thought, well, there's no fighting in chapter 13. Nobody gets killed. There's an animal sacrifice. That's the nearest we get. Where's the excitement? And then I thought, well, am I using the right criteria for judging the suitability of a Bible passage? The body count is not really the best. <laughs> Uh, so let's look again. And of course, there's so much in this passage. Of course, there are things to learn. Of course, it's exciting because it's the word of God. God is speaking through his word and he's speaking to us today. And as the chapter ends with the birth of Samson, that suggests that we're focusing on the parents of Samson leading up to the birth of Samson himself. Samson is the only judge who is chosen before he's born or even conceived. And therefore the focus is on the parents. And this is a woman who is childless and the angel of the Lord appeared to her. Now if we know the Bible and Christian history at all, that's very familiar. It happens a few times. A childless woman, the angel of the Lord. And when this happens, she then tells her husband. And we look at Judges 13, 6 to 7, then these verses will tell us uh, about that. Then the woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God. Very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, You'll become pregnant and have a son. Now then, it's good to have a Yorkshire expression in there. <laughs> drink no wine or other fermented drink, and do not eat anything unclean because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. So we have a quiz question. What's the name of Samson's mother? Now, more people than you think will get the right answer, because the right answer is, I don't know. Well, that's one of the major points that we'll be looking at. We don't know. The father is Manoah, and I have to say, I had to look that up, and I still have to keep looking it up, because it's not a well-known name either, but at least the father is named. If I'd been thinking, who is uh, Samson's father, I'd probably have said Sam, because it's Samson. <laughs> but that doesn't make sense, except in an English-speaking environment. So that can't be. In fact, Samson means son of the sun, S-O-N, of the S-U-N. And uh, little son, or something, S-U-N. 
That sounds very cute till we realize that suggests worship of the sun and it's a tendency to idolatry which was there uh, with the people at this time. Well, the father's name is Manoah, but the mother is not named 19 times, I think it's 19, in these two chapters, 13 and 14, it says his wife or the woman. But we never get to know her name. And that's the point, uh, I think the main point that we get from this passage is what are called the significance of insignificance. So they're the parents of the last of the judges. People to whom God appeared and spoke. A vital link in the story of God's people. But we don't even know the mother's name. The common, um, one person writing in commentary, Michael Wilcox, described them. And I like this description and it's something we might like ourselves if it's applied to us. A simple, sincere couple who believe and who inquire in order to obey. And that's the sort of thing I think a lot of us would quite like as, it is, as an epitaph. A simple, sincere couple or person who believe and who inquire in order to obey. In fact, Manoah, the father, later says to the angel, what's your name so that we may honor you when your word comes true? There's no doubting here, just simple obedience. Manoah doesn't question why he should obey. He doesn't ask whether he should obey. He asks how he should obey. He's not looking for loopholes. And that's surely much more impressive than the posturing of leaders, people who think they're important. I think that's why it's important for ourselves. We don't have to make a name for ourselves. It should be a relief to many of us who never will. And, but many of us don't really want to. So the second point is to know who God is Knowing who God is, is more important than rules and regulations. Um, we do need rules, we do need instructions, but knowing God for us needs to come first. And from this flows everything else. In verse, uh, Manoah asks for a second visit from the angel because he's heard, he's heard that they're to have a child and now he wants to be prepared for the, the demands of parenthood. And in verse 8, he says, Manoah prayed to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I beg you to let the Son of God you sent to us, the man of God, sorry, you sent to us, come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. And we can surely identify with this. We can say to the angel, or to God himself, I believe what you say, you're going to give us the Son, but what do we do next? He wants a God-given formula. Do it this way and you're sure to succeed. Surely every parent has longed for that and some of, are still longing for it. Um, but that's, that's the way we are. In our culture we have books, we have lots of stuff on the internet, we've got friends who can help, we have the church who can help. Manoah doesn't have much to help him. All he can say is, God, help me. Which actually is what nearly everybody says anyway, Christian or not. Uh, but this is a genuine appeal to God. He wants to do it right. If he doesn't get a direct answer, the angel just asks for obedience. And he gives a revelation of who he is. Knowing who God is is more important than a list of instructions. But some of us like instructions, even if we say we don't. 
Some churches have strict rules that everyone has to follow. I've known churches in different parts of the world where everyone has to wear white robes, for example. There's nothing wrong in itself, but then it's, it's just regarded as necessary. Then there's churches we know where everyone is expected to appear smartly dressed. Obviously not a problem here, but... <laughs> It is in some places, and uh, it becomes almost like a rule. There's nothing wrong with it in itself, but we don't need rules like that. Uh, some uh, have uh, not just a dress code, but no secular activities allowed on a Sunday. Maybe some churches are expected to support a particular political party. These are not scriptural things, but it shows a certain desire on the part of people for instructions. Because if we think about it, um, once we are old enough, no one is forced to be part of a church. Uh, it's not uh, an obligation. You can walk away. The fact that people don't means that some people actually want these rules. It's a paradox in a way that uh, we think, well, it's hard to obey rules. But actually, for many of us, it's hard not to have rules. Because then we have to think and take responsibility. But Manoah doesn't have this option. He's told to, he has to develop his relationship with God in order to know how to behave. And what much later in Corinthians, Paul will call the mind of Christ. That's what we want. And then the, the rules, the instructions will follow. And that's the lesson for us, a second lesson. A third point um, is that God prepares the way for his plan to be implemented. We're told at the beginning the child is to be a Nazirite, and a Nazirite vow is asking for God's special help during a crucial time. It comes from the Hebrew word Nazir, which means separated or consecrated, and is found in Numbers chapter 6. And there are coming back to what we said, there are instructions to follow. One of them is to abstain from all products of the vine. Not just wine, but grapes, anything to do with grapes, but certainly wine. Another is um, not to cut your hair. It has to keep growing. A third one, don't defile yourself by contact with a dead body. And they're all symbolic of consecration or separation. In diet, with the products of the vine, appearance with the hair, and associations with a dead body. You can always tell when it's a Nazirite shopping center. There's no barbers, no pubs, no undertakers. <laughs> but that's a choice, usually, that people make. Not in Samson's case, it's made for him. It's usually a personal choice, and for a limited period. And after that period, sacrifices are made, and you go back to your previous way of life. But for Samson, it's decided before he's born. His mother has to take on these requirements before Samson is born and will take them on himself. Samson is being set apart even before he is born and therefore his mother is set apart too. Manoah, the husband, comes out of this quite well. Uh, he can go on drinking wine and doesn't even have to share it with his wife anymore. Um, but it's all in God's plan. One thing I like about this chapter, towards the end, 
It turns into Dad's army. If we look at verses 21 to 23. When the angel of the Lord did not show himself again to Manoah and his wife, Manoah realized it was the angel of the Lord. We're doomed to die, he said to his wife. We've seen God. But his wife answered, if the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and grain offering from our hands, nor shown us all these things, or now told us this. So one says we're doomed, and the other says don't panic. <laughs> it was believed from Exodus that if you saw God, you would die. And that's what he was afraid of, Manoah. But his wife, thinking differently, suggests that um, if God is going to uh, provide or make me give birth to Samson, who is going to be a judge, well, we're not going to die, are we? He's going to be, this is the person who's going to begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. We're hardly likely to die. God's not going to strike us down because he hasn't done that yet. It um, just shows how different Old Testament times are from now. A couple are expecting a baby. The man panics, can't, gets worked up about everything. The woman just stays calm and is practical and realistic. Could never happen today, could it? <laughs> God has promised that he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And then we come to the last verse, what we've been leading up to. Verses 24 and 25. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of God began to stir him. So there's this great preparation. Godly parents, a messenger from God appears, they respond, they obey, they know that Samson is God's chosen one. And as we've just seen, the Lord blessed him, the Spirit of God stirred him, and then Samson is born. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, my, 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 we'll find out in the next episode, in the next <laughs> week or two. But we can look today, um, just in closing, at three things which I've mentioned. Because I believe this is what God is saying to us today, through this chapter. The first, God uses unknown, apparently insignificant people. Now, it can be patronizing sometimes to say to people, well, you're just as important as everybody else, but it's true. We have this part to play. No leader can function without a whole lot of other people following. In fact, if nobody's following, you're not a leader, are you? Uh, so we need people who are prepared to be insignificant. And as I sort of said before, really, the fact is most of us will be insignificant in the eyes of other people, never in God's eyes. We always are significant in God's eyes. And there will be those for whom we're significant too, but in the eyes of the world, uh, most people disappear into obscurity. Um, it may be sad to hear that, but it's true, isn't it? So he uses us and we accept that and should be at peace with that. But it does mean we have a part to play Insignificant as it seems, it is significant in God's plan. The second thing is knowing God is more important 
than having a list of instructions. Yes, we need rules. We have the Bible. We need that. There's instruction there. But we should start from knowing God, getting closer to God, and then we'll have a greater desire to follow God's way. And the last point is God prepares the way for his plan to be implemented. It's not necessarily what we expect. Manoah and his wife certainly didn't expect this. But when God appeared, they saw that it's God's plan and they accepted it and went along with it. They didn't think, well, we hadn't planned for this. We can't really deal with this. They accepted that God was in control. So with those three things, if we can bear these things in mind, they can guide us. And this chapter from Judges, I think, has great significance. It's one which, when dealing with Samson, we, we don't look at that much. But I think it's hugely significant for every one of us. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord God, for the truth that's in your word. And we can learn whenever we apply ourselves and listen to what you're saying. We thank you that you do use every one of us. We're not looking to be important in the world, but we just want to be uh, obedient. Obedience is what you require, and we know that that's what we want to give. We want to know God more closely. And we have Jesus who draws us to you. And we thank you for Jesus, that it's in him that we can know God. And we thank you for this plan that you had through the judges, because it leads to, uh, through the judges into the kings, to David, and it's all pointing the way towards Jesus. And we thank you that the whole story that we read in history, in the Old Testament, points towards and then uh, from Jesus. He's at the center of everything. And he's at the center of all that we're saying today too, that we are pointing towards this great salvation that comes in Jesus. And we thank you and praise you for that. Amen.